praise Jesus here in the house of the Lord this morning. You guys ready to worship?
read a verse to you this morning from the Psalms. Psalm 24, verse 7, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. So let's just praise him today as we open these gates, open these doors, there's worship in this place today, God. Hallelujah.
church, you just close your eyes this morning and begin to praise Jesus. Just praise Him. Just freestyle in church. Just whatever you want to say. Hallelujah. Praise God. But just begin to praise Him from your heart, from your soul. Let it just come out. Let it come forth.
You can find the information there. Also, if you are a first-time visitor or have a prayer request, you can text the word CONNECT to the same number on your screen, and we will reach out to you and answer any questions that we can. This week is the closeout of our Kids Praise Ministry, and we have a couple of performances coming up at 4 o'clock this afternoon in this building. Our 3-year-olds, 4-year-olds in kindergarten will present their mini-musical in the beginning. Even if you don't have a child or grandchild involved, I encourage you to come. You will be blessed. And then this coming Wednesday night, the 19th, our first through fifth graders will be in here presenting their spring program. So you are invited, whether or not you have a child participating, come and support this ministry and you um, will enjoy hearing the children and all that they've learned this past semester. We are gearing up for the most popular, well-attended event that we ever host as a church that's open to our community, and that is Vacation Bible School. Yes, thank you. Vacation Bible School is the largest attended event that we have to our community. There is no cost. It is known as one of the number one times that people come to church for the very first time. So many of us accepted Christ as our Savior during Vacation Bible School. It will be June the 5th through the 9th from 8.30 to 12 p.m. It is open for children who will have just completed kindergarten through children who have completed fifth grade. There is a flyer in your bulletin with all of the information. And we have begun this morning having a presence in the atrium looking for more volunteers. If you are 18 years old or older and would love to serve during that week, we would love to talk to you out in the atrium. Enough from me. I want to introduce you to a very special friend of mine. My name is James Robshaw and I'm in the fifth grade. Last summer I was in, I accepted Jesus into my heart. And on Friday, I was baptized. What, what week did you make this decision? On Friday in VBS. James was a part of our Vacation Bible School last summer. There he is. 
he accepted Christ during Vacation Bible School, and on Friday, we celebrated that along with several other children with baptism here in the CLC. Thank you for volunteering and giving to the church so we can have all this awesome stuff. If it weren't for your generosity and giving of your tithes and offerings, we would not be able to offer a week such as Vacation Bible School. So thank you for faithfully giving to the church, to the Lord. There are many ways that you can give. Some of you have a card in the chair pocket in front of you that shows you how you can give online. We have offering boxes placed in the atrium and in the foyer here. We want to thank you for your generosity, not only of time and serving as a volunteer, but in giving so that we can provide these activities and move into the construction phase of our new building. So thank you so much for your generosity. We greatly appreciate that. Would you join me as we pray? Father God, thank you for a church that loves children and families. God, thank you for a church that sees them as our future and our church of the future, God. We pray, Lord, that you bless all that is going to happen during Vacation Bible School, the children that you are going to send to us, the children that are going to hear about you for the very first time. God, I thank you for every volunteer, every youth volunteer that is giving of their entire week to serve you and to serve the families of our church and of our community. God, we give you the rest of this service. May you be blessed in what we say, what we say and sing. God, be with Sam as he brings us the word that you have given him. And more than anything, God, we thank you for your unconditional love, the gift of our salvation, and the promise of heaven. We love you, God. Amen. Can we give him a round of applause? Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's, it's good to see you here. We're starting a new series I'm excited about. It's called Building the Family. And uh, this morning, I, I wanna focus in specifically on building strategic rhythms for the family. Building strategic rhythms for the family. And uh, here's what I know about the family. As we talk about building strong families, one of the most challenging things is trying to solve the busyness of the calendar for the family. It's a challenge, right? In today's day, we have so many things competing for our families. It's hard to find a healthy rhythm and balance for the family. And uh, even for us as individuals, right? It's difficult to manage all that's on us. And so I wanna talk about that. I'm not gonna give you a time management skill. I'm not gonna give you a, a calendar that you can add that will sort everything out, but I'm hoping to give you some anchors in your life that'll help you prioritize what is most important from God's word uh, in, in your calendar, in your family's lives. So as we talk about families, though, there's an important conversation I wanna have this morning. How many of you in your household regularly help wash clothes in the house? How many of you help load the, the uh, washing machine and put them in the dryer? A few hands, okay, all right, a few of those in here, right? Okay, so some of you help, you know, you sort the clothes out, you know, you put them in there, whites and darks, and then, you know, you put the laundry detergent in there, and you wash them, and then you move them over the dryer. Not too complicated, all right? Now, here's, here's where we need to have a conversation, all right? How many of you, either yourself or know somebody in your household that overloads the washing machine? 
That is, they put one too many towels in there. They put one too many rugs or blankets in there. I see a few hands. You or somebody you know. It could be somebody else in your family. I might know somebody, either myself or somebody in my family, who does that, right? And you, you know the signs, right? You're, you're sitting, and all of a sudden, it sounds like a freight train is in your laundry room, right? You can hear it rattling. You think it's a, I, I've had my kids come out and think there's a monster in the laundry room. No, the laundry room, or the, the washing machine was just overloaded again, right? So if, if you raised your hand, well, actually, let's do this. We're amongst friends. If you are that person that overloads the washing machine, just go ahead and raise your hand. All right, okay. We're gonna be having a special time of prayer after the service. I wanna invite you all to come. Um, I hope it's gonna be a time of intervention and uh, you'll find healing. Uh, but we've all been there. We've overloaded the washing machine. And we know that the washing machine has a delicate balance. Even some of the new washing machines says, it says before you start it, balancing, right? It's leveling all the things out, making sure that you haven't overloaded it. Because what happens is when you overload it, it gets out of cycle and out of rhythm and it begins to wobble and it can pull away from your wall. It could walk down the stairs. I mean, it can do anything, right? It happens, I can't think of a better illustration as we talk about what's happening to the family today. Families are getting overloaded, they're getting overwhelmed, and the consequences of it are detrimental to the family. And so my hope and my prayer this morning as we talk about the family, I pray that we would lead our families, we would lead our lives with some intentionality to make time for some strategic rhythms. And I wanna look this morning at a passage of scripture, and maybe you would have looked at this passage of scripture and said, I don't know that I would have got those rhythms out of there, but we're gonna be looking in the Old Testament in just a few minutes in Exodus, and we're gonna be looking at really the story of Israel. And you know, as Israel came out of Egypt, right, they had known nothing but oppression, right? They were living in slavery, and so as God in his faithfulness made a covenant with the people of Israel and was leading them out of Egypt, uh, under Moses' leadership, it was an opportunity not only for the people of Israel to be reestablished, to become their own people, but to establish some healthy rhythms in their life. And so God is walking with them. And uh, really some of the first things that we see God giving directions to the people of Israel in a formal way is the Ten Commandments. And so I, I wanna focus this morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to, to Exodus chapter 20, uh, and we're gonna be picking up in verse one. Uh, it's a little bit of a lengthy passage, but hang in there with me. There's some important stuff in here. If you can this morning, will you please stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Verse seven, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, but the Lord will hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Verse eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not work, you, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. 
For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Verse 17, and you shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything else that is your neighbor's. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. Here in Exodus, we see that God is making a covenant with the people of Israel. And a part of that covenant is helping them to understand how they can walk in right relationship with the Lord their God, but he's also helping to establish within their lives some healthy practices, some healthy guides, and what I see is some healthy rhythms in their life. And so this morning, I, I think as, as God is laying that out to Moses, and then Moses is laying it out to the people of Israel, I think there's some biblical truth and some relevancy within our lives today. And so this morning, I wanna, I wanna focus on three strategic rhythms of life that will help your family or you as an individual be intentional with your time, right? We know that the enemy wants to lie, kill, steal, and destroy. I think one of the things he likes to steal is our time, right? He likes to take it in a way that we don't realize that our, our, our days are being spent doing the things that are not honoring and not fulfilling to us. So again, Israel is having to relearn rhythms in their life as a people. They're walking out of oppression, walking out of a slavery. And so first and foremost, for us and for the people of Israel, there needs to be rhythms of reverence. Rhythms of reverence. Verse three, the very first thing, the very first commandment that God gives to Moses, you shall not have, you shall have no other gods before me. You know, essentially this means to put God first in everything. It's to put God first and foremost. And, and, and God kind of quantifies this. He says, hey, look, you're not to build any other idols, uh, any graven idols, and you're not to worship anything that is made of hand, that is human, right? And so uh, for us, it's, it's not to worship the things of this world. It's not to worship our career. It's not to worship the home that we have. It's not to worship the car that we drive. It's not to worship the dollar. It's not to worship our possessions. It is in all things that we worship the Lord our God and put him first in our lives. If we want to be strategic with our time and our family and our lives, we need to create rhythms of reference, reverence. You know, I, I think the first established rhythm that he gives us is that of reverence, to, to be before the creator, I mean, and to make sure that we put him first in everything. And, you know, what does it mean for us individually to live a life of reverence before God, to have rhythms of reverence in our life? I, I think first is, is really to set regular rhythms of worship, that we as a family, we as a people make regular time to spend time worshiping God. It's coming together as a body of believers. Create that intentional time where we worship. But I would say that worship should not just happen on Sunday morning, right? <laughs> worship should happen daily in our lives. Do you have a rhythm of worship in your life? Are you worshiping in the morning when you first wake up? 
and you spend time with Jesus? Are you worshiping in the car as you're driving to work? Are you worshiping nightly at dinner time as you're praying and you're giving reverence to the Father as you're blessing your meal and you're talking together as a family? Do you have rhythms of worship in your life? You know, we long to see the next generation of believers be committed to the church and to be committed to worship. And if we wanna see them have a habit, to see them have a rhythm of it in their lives, then we've gotta model it. We've gotta model it. And the only way that I know to create a habit is continual reinforcement, continually doing it, continually making time to worship him. And that is, that is a rhythm that we need within our lives. That is a rhythm that God is giving to the people of Israel, make time to give God reverence and to worship him. But I see another component of regular worship. It's, it's also serving. There's a huge part of our worship that involves us giving to God of our time and our resource. This is worship. This is worshiping him, giving him reverence. You know, I, I love to see how God can transform a family that is serving together. I mean, it's amazing to see families who come together and say, hey, we're gonna put first serving the needs of others. And can I tell you those experiences, those moments that you create those rhythms, they last for a lifetime. I, I, I think about at our uh, State Road 16 campus, our, our congregation, Anastasia and Espanol, they have a weekly on Saturday, uh, a food drive that they do. And they, they hand out food each and every Saturday to families in need. They serve over 100 families every Saturday, giving out food. It's this incredible ministry. And I know that they're always looking for volunteers to show up on Saturday. You know what the beautiful thing is that? You could do that as a family. You could show up and you could call them ahead of time and say, hey, we wanna serve today. And I can guarantee you that if you were to serve as a family, boy, that would make an impact not on the lives of others, but it'd make an impact in the life of your family. Create rhythms of serving. Also, I would say that, that there needs to be rhythms of reference in where we study God's word together. Do you regularly read through God's word together as a family and discuss it? You know, I, I love the time that we're living in is that there are so many resources available to make that easy for you. Uh, the Bible app, which some of you use right now to follow the sermon notes. You can use that and look at our events, but they have multiple reading plans that will help and guide you and, and really in a practical way, bringing about discussion about the word of God into your family. Right Now Media, which is a resource we have that you can get one of the cards down at the Welcome Atrium. That's a, that's a resource that you can use to bring in about discussing God's word into your family. How important is it for us to do that? Hebrews 12, 28 says, therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Man, we should live our lives grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The God that we worship the Father that we serve, the Savior who we have received and worship, he cannot be shaken. And we have been welcomed into his kingdom and we should live our lives in worship and reverence and awe. Do you have rhythms of reverence in your family's life? Because can I tell you, life will get so busy. Life will get so busy and trying to keep up with all the things that are going on. And if you're not creating those intentional times to give God reverence in your family's life, 
you're going to miss out on the joy that comes from walking and knowing the Lord. Second thing that I really see here is that we should have rhythms of rest in our family. Uh, verse 8, the Lord gives unto Moses, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And he spends a great deal of time talking about creating a time of rest or Sabbath. And I think maybe one of the most overlooked aspects of our faith is the idea of Sabbath rest. I, you know, it's interesting to think about, though, that probably, arguably, the oldest established rhythm is the Sabbath. And, and God even references as he's going through the Ten Commandments, you know, as he created all of heavens and earth on, and, and on the seventh day, he looked at it, he saw it was good, and, and he rested. And, and so we see in creation, God said he rested after seeing it was all good, and that practicing rest is something we often miss. By the way, if you're thinking that I'm up here pointing fingers at you, <laughs> I struggle to practice rest. I had a busy week this week. I didn't, I didn't have my, my time of rest, my day off, right? And it is a challenge. I get it. I get it between family, work, and career, and all the extra career. It's tough. It's tough. But the importance and the reward of Sabbath rest cannot be overlooked. Sabbath rest is a day set aside for reflection, renewal, and reset. It is a grounding of our lives of that which is most important. It's a time for us to stop and reflect on the Lord our God. You know, it's challenging, I know, but again, the reward is great. We've got so much to compete with. We've got email, we've got text, we've got social media. Uh, I would say, dare say, extracurricular sports activities for our kids or extra hobbies or different things. It's tough. It's tough to create that Sabbath rest. And I, I wanna say that, you know, think about if God established it, a rhythm for the universe to obey by, to walk in, how reckless are we if we don't practice it in our lives? God established it. You know, if you wanna be intentional about it, schedule a time of rest. My family over the last few months have been kind of scheduling a time for a Friday night dinner in which we kind of just slow down and we just kind of reflect on our week and we say, okay, what stressors am I carrying into this weekend? How can I lay those at the foot of Jesus and how can I just enter a time of rest for these next 24 hours? And we have to be really intentional and we have to schedule it on the calendar. And so I would say to you, if you don't have a scheduled time of rest in this foreseeable future, schedule it before you end today. If you wanna schedule it right now, do it. <laughs> I encourage you because it is that valuable. Sabbath rest is important. It helps us enter a time of renewal for our family. And, and, and I love for us as we enter in it, we like to take time to pray for one another. We like to take time to encourage one another and open God's word. It can be life-giving and life-changing if you can implement that in your life. Uh, I love what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. He says, come to me all who labor, who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. First, first key word there, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. And if we're not intentional about making time to go to Jesus in our personal lives to find rest and reflection with him, we're gonna miss out on that blessing of finding rest in him. There's an invitation, but we need to accept and receive that invitation. God has given us in life an ability to stop and reflect on his goodness 
and to really think about and receive the rest that he's given us. Uh, I've been noticing last couple months, there's a, a stop sign near my neighborhood. And for whatever reason, because maybe there's not a lot of traffic there, a lot of people like to run that stop sign. And they just kind of go on. And, and I noticed that uh, a local police officer kind of caught on to that. And he kind of set himself up right near that stop sign. And he uh, reminded people in a gentle way that there's a stop sign there. <laughs> and I was watching that. And, and I, you know, I was thinking about that. We have stop signs for a reason, right? <laughs> you stop there. You kind of observe to make sure that there's no oncoming traffic or pedestrians or anything that could cause you to have an accident. And you stop there and you reflect, and if you don't take that moment to stop, what happens? You run the risk of getting in an accident or hurting yourself or hurting someone else. Stopping at stop signs and taking a moment to pause is important. And I would dare say, and I think we would all agree, if we all lived our lives without stopping at stop signs, the reality is we're probably gonna get in an accident. We're probably gonna hurt somebody or someone else, right? Can I say the same is true as we talk about the Sabbath? When we don't, take time to stop at the points in our life that God has put a place of rest and reset and renewal, it's not only reckless for us in our own lives, it becomes reckless for those who are living in relationship with us. What's dangerous for the family? To be so busy that we don't hear and care for those whom we love around us. Sabbath is important because it's an opportunity for us to take a moment to pause. Are you pausing in your life? Are you finding rest in your life? Are you establishing that rhythm? Again, life will get busy all on its own. And if we're not intentional about putting those in there, it will pass us by. Create a rhythm, a rhythm of rest this week. Schedule it. Put it on the calendar. Third thing is you can write down is rhythms of relationship. <laughs> Verses 12 through 17 focus all about our relationships with one another. You know, it talks about our relationship with our mother and father, establishing that healthy relationship with the family. But then the rest of it is all about our relationships with our neighbors, right? Uh, don't covet. Don't compare yourself, right? Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't lie. Don't kill. Uh, all these are very important rhythms and practices that we need to have. And, you know, I, I think as you read that, why does God give so much direction on relationships, I mean, of all the detail he goes in there, why didn't you just tell the people of Israel, hey, don't talk to anybody and don't touch your neighbor, okay? <laughs> just leave it at that. We won't have any problems. But the reason that God focuses so much on relationships is, is first that people are broken, especially when it comes to how we treat others. We're broken. We need help. But also, I would say that the other reason is you and I need so desperately community in our life. We need rhythms of relationship. For the people of Israel, as they, they journeyed through the desert and the wilderness, they depended on God, but they also depended on one another to get them through that season of life. You and I are in the same boat. We need one another. And so therefore, we need to create rhythms of relationship in our life. I love what John 15, 12 says. He says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. God's desire for us is to live in relationship with others and to love them. And if you were unaware that we needed that so desperately in our life, 
Just rewind your lives back just a few years ago during COVID when so many people were living in isolation, not being able to live in community and how many people struggled with loneliness, depression, hurt, sorrow, loss. I mean, you can look at all the statistics and all the data during that season, people experienced so many social effects because they were not able to live in relationship. God built us to live in relationship with one another. God built us so that in seasons of difficulties, just like the people of Israel were in, that we could rely on one another. That when we experience loss or hurt or pain, that we would have somebody walking alongside of us. Each of us longs for that sense of community in our life. And can I say, if, if you're struggling with that, if that's something you, you, you long for and you don't know how to create it, can I start back with what John 15, 12 says, that you love one another as I have loved you. Sometimes to have the community that we want, we need to create the community that we want. That means that we gotta love others the way that we want to be loved. And I, and I know this, when you love somebody else well, they begin to love you back the way that you wanna be loved and how you love them. This is a great opportunity. If you're not plugged into one of our life groups, our small groups, our discipleship groups, those are great ways for you to experience community, to have people to pray for you, to walk in faith with you, understand God's word. You know, uh, last week we had just an incredible week of celebration as we celebrated our risen Lord and Savior. And under the Anastasia umbrella, meaning in all of our campuses, in online, we had 3,000 people in attendance in some way, shape, or form. So, I mean, thank you for inviting, for encouraging people to come. That's incredible that we had that many people who are worshiping together, worshiping our risen Savior. But as powerful as that was for us all to come together to worship that day, how powerful would it be for each one of those 3,000 people to have a brother or sister in Christ who would walk with them in their times of difficulty and in their times of need. God created us to be, live and to have community and relationship. It's a rhythm that he desires us to have and that we need in our life. Are you creating those rhythms now? So much about being the body of Christ is loving and caring for those whom God has given us. You're not may not be aware of how you may support someone in need here at this church by just walking and being a friend to them. But you also may not know how someone could walk alongside you in your time of need. This morning, I, I pray that as we look at this series on the family, again, I'm not here to solve all your, your calendaring challenges, but I'm here to tell you that you've gotta create those rhythms and those anchors in your life Rhythms of reverence, rhythms of rest, and rhythms of relationship. Otherwise, I know that the busyness of life will rob us from the joy of experiencing what God intended us to experience in our life. So this morning, as we have a time of invitation, maybe you're struggling to find that balance. I pray that maybe today would be an opportunity just to surrender that over to God. Maybe today would be an opportunity for you to say, I'm gonna be intentional this week about establishing those rhythms this week in my life. Maybe this morning's an opportunity and you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus. Hey, 
Today is an opportunity that you have to know him as your Lord and Savior and to follow him all your days. So this morning as the invitation, as we have that time, you come as the Lord leads. Maybe it's just to pray at this altar, you come. But let's stand, let's worship, let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much. And we wanna give you all honor and glory this morning. Thank you for God giving us guides and rhythms in life for which to understand, on Lord, how to best live in relationship with you. But God, also, God, how to, how to live our lives to the fullest in you, Lord Jesus. God, I pray specifically over our families in here, Lord. So much is being thrown at them, so many overwhelming things. It's hard to be a family that honors and glorifies you, Lord. I pray that you would guard our families. I pray that, God, that you would give us a heart of intentionality, God, to establish these rhythms. Lord, we need you so desperately. And, God, we declare that, God, you're our only hope, you're our only victory. And so, Lord, we proclaim and we ask that you would bring victory to our families in the powerful name of Jesus that you would restore families, that you would heal families, that you would bring families together only in a way that you can. So Lord, we love you and we give you all praise and honors. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You come this morning as the Lord leads.
who are walking alongside those who are battling cancer. And so they have just done another training where many of our cancer care ministry leaders have just completed their training. And so we wanna just send them with a blessing and commissioning. And so I'm gonna ask them to come forward this morning and we're gonna pray over them. We're so excited for how you, God's gonna continue to use y'all. And so will you just lift up your hands? This is a sign of commissioning a prayer over them. Let's pray over them. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this incredible ministry. Thank you for these leaders and how you're gonna use them to minister to the needs of those who are battling cancer, Lord. Pray that you would use them as your hands and feet, Lord Jesus, that they would touch lives and God, that they would be your voice of truth and love for so many who are hurting. Lord, we love you and we send them out in the powerful, powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.